seemed to say, throw cares away. Christmas is here, bringing good cheer to young and old, big and the bold. Ding dong, ding dong, that is the song with joyful ring or merrily. One seems to hear words of good cheer from everywhere, pin in the air. Falling on, raising the sound, all in the dead, turning us see a grown man hit that note. <laughs> I know y'all can hear me out there, people, but still. Ding dong, ding dong. I really, I want to hear a grown man hit that note. I just want to say it. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. Oh, Lord. So now, Joe, night, you said that was Tom in there. Oh, oh yeah. So when we started, the guy I said, see the little guy, that's Tom up front there singing away. <laughs> <laughs> but no, actually, I realized that guy's probably older than Tom. <laughs> oh Lord, the video is kind of old. And last night we gave away was that Mormon? We, was it, what? What was that? The Vienna Boys Choir? Oh no! Now I'd have to go back and look. But we gave away a set of books last night because of it. I said, I asked anybody. I said, if you can tell me what's missing in this, I'll go ahead and give you all a set of books. Man, I must have got five thousand answers. I'm like, no, 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 no. And they're like, well, what is it? I said, there's no females. <laughs> they're like. Oh shit, there's not. I'm like, no, there's not one. It's all males and they're all under the age of puberty so that they can hit those kind of notes. Um, yeah. Oh no. Uh, and whoever sent me that question, though, 
a grown man is not hitting those notes, not without hurting himself severely. I'm just, I, I, <laughs> just not, I've never personally heard any like that. Tonight's guest is Tom Wood. Y'all should be familiar with Tom. Tom's been on, now he's never been on this show because this is a new show. What was that? Feedback. Like, I, everything you say kind of goes in a cycle. I'm, I'm hearing it two or three times. Okay, well, that's not good. Hold on. I'm, I'm doing, I'm good here too. Well, yeah, let me see. Five second delay. Is that one of those Arkansas delays? I don't know. We we got to figure it out though. That's we don't want we, we don't want him to have like because I hear everybody else perfect. Yeah. Is there, is there anything in here? You know what, Tom? Drop yourself out. Just drop out the system and come back in because you you might have got a bad connection when you came in. So just how do I drop out? Oh wait, you know I'm 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 a wait. Can I kick you out from here? He's out. Uh, no, I'll kick him out the studio. Kick guest out. Okay, now he should be able to come back now. Because I know you and I have been talking where there's no feedback. Yeah. So yeah. Um, that was Tom Wood. He was that was he was here. He had to go. He, you know, he part time. He's got to record Claus. his next song. He's got to right, record his know, next song. Yes, you know. And he does a little work with Ho Ho. So yes, you know, Ho Ho. Y'all know who Ho Ho is. Ho Ho is is the guy who brings all the women Santa Clauses. I mean <laughs> The elves gifts. <laughs> what? No, I see. I'm a little scary to listen to this kind of religious music sometimes. I'm always scared I might explode or turn into flames. You know, I'm banned from going in any Catholic churches. I'm actually banned. The last three times I walked into one, they just caught on fire. You know, it's like spontaneous combustion, not me, but the church. I don't know. I, no, actually, you know, a friend of mine who's um, got a Baptist church said, well, hey, you know, I don't want you to tempt faith. You, you might not want to come in here either. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> I was, no, when I, who said that? No, when I was young, I was really good and sweet and innocent. I didn't get bad until I got bad, which was later in life. Mm -hmm. It's all Linda's fault. <laughs> I don't know who she is. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Linda is not the fault. She oh, is yeah, she is. She's in no fault, man. Care, bad mouth Linda. She <laughs> is a good person. Uh, did it get any better for you, boss? It's much better. All right, cool. Yeah, must be. sometimes when you come in, it gets a it gets a double feedback. No, she's no. I'm telling you, she corrupted me. I was sweet. And no, innocent. she did not. Joe, I, I wasn't no. bad. I didn't smoke. Joe, no, Linda's a good oh, person. I she's your wife. You're to honor and respect her. Knock it off. <laughs> oh Lord. Hmm. Right, no, I'm from the South where you you know you, you're supposed to beat him every Sunday with a belt because again, Joe, <laughs> no, oh Joe, no, you're digging yourself a bad deep, Joe, deep hole. bad Joe. No, no, really, there's actually a book in the on the books in Baloo. It's a French law in Louisiana. Every Sunday, you're allowed to beat your wife with a four inch strap because you can't leave marks. Uh, it's legal. Don't ask me why they haven't taken up the book. Well, shit. it's a good thing. This is the author's quill talking about <laughs> Tom's art and books and all kinds of things. Yeah, well, that's good. No, that's you know, if you live in Louisiana, it's a good thing to know because yeah, these, these ladies these days are crazy. No, I'm just kidding, gal. Uh, any moans, groans, bitches, and complaints, it's always the same thing. Write to Michelle DeRoche. Yes, <laughs> that's that's who you write to, Michelle DeRoche. Yes, no, I'm serious. That's who you write to. Anyway, Tom, how you been, man? Life, life's treating you good down there. Oh, up yeah. there, I should say. Well, it's been good. It's been a, it's been a very busy summer and, and fall. Um, had some really fun projects. I got to work with uh, The Rock on some stuff with Under Armour. I've been working with the show uh, Wicked Tuna on the History Channel, doing some products and some uh, packaging designs and marketing stuff for them. 
And uh, just, yeah, um, Steve Harvey from Family Feud. I got to work with him on some projects. So it's just been, uh, it's been fun. It's been very busy. No, Jeanette, he's married, so don't even worry about it. Um, yes, I met his wife. She'd smack you upside the head, buddy. You just go on with your little His stuff. wife is beautiful. She's very nice, too. She's, um, as I said in the Lensman series, she's uh, DDG. She's drop-dead gorgeous. Yes. And... Uh, What's that? No, okay. So, Michael, um, I'll, no, I'll get you to talk about talk about it. Man, I met Tom in um, L.A. Um, I was just harassing the man the whole time because these little no, girls were they were following him around like. <laughs> so my first, my first of this. Okay, I'm, I got to tell y'all this. My first, very first impression of Tom is I'm sitting off in a distance, and somebody said that's Tom. Well, I didn't know who he was because it's the first time I ever seen the guy. So I'm standing there. There's like five of these little girls. When I say little girls, these are grown ass women about 40 years old. They just got like circuiting like vultures. I'm like, damn, man. I mean, he's good looking, but Jesus, damn, about to eat him for lunch. I'm not going to mention any names because I don't want to get hurt when I see him this year. <laughs> it was great. I actually got some pictures of that, but I didn't want to put it online because I was scared somebody might hurt me. But Tom, I gotta say, man, I have to show you the picture one day. You'll love it. It was, it was just like, um, anyway, they were being very helpful, and we'll leave it. Yeah, at that. they were. Help- I mean, they've always everybody had what is the future and the staff there, and even the, oh, they're great people. They really contestants are. have been are so helpful. I think you might have mistook their helpfulness for something else, but. Yeah, that's just Joe being bad. Yeah, no, no. Joe, Joe's been around for a while. Fala la la la. Joe's been around. He knows he can see certain smiles, what they actually mean and what they don't. No, they're actually, everybody over there is great. I mean, the whole staff is fabulous. I've said this a million times. Everybody at Writers of Future staff is great. Uh, who's my favorite person over there? It's the coffee machine. <laughs> 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 okay, that's my favorite person. It's the coffee machine. No, I, I don't have favorites because you get hurt over there picking favorites and stuff. Nah, nah, nah. And little Sarah might smack your ass hard if you don't pick her. So, yeah. 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 no, yeah. she's tough. So, so, so I know we're at the end of the year. You're taking it easy, getting ready for some new projects. Are you going to take a break? Or uh, I know when we were, um, yeah, I'm probably going to take a break for the last, you know, seven days of the year, eight days of the year. Well, but, that's, uh, that's that's kind of a break. Yeah, kind of. Um, I do have some projects to do. I've got a logo that I got to do for the gathering of the Juggalos. I do that for them every year, and um, that's a big part of my fan base is um, is Juggalos. And I'm not sure if the audience is familiar with them, but they're fans of Insane Clown Posse, which I've done their artwork for like the past or a good portion of their artwork for the last ten years, and um, well, just some the nicest people. If y'all are watching us right now, uh, his his website, the fantasy art website, is actually scrolling across the bottom of the page. So if you're watching on Roku, or a matter of fact, it's the first night on on um, Fire Stick tonight. So if you're on Prime and you're watching, um, you can you can uh, also click on. Well, you you can you can copy the link and go from there. I, I don't know. We this is really our first night on Prime. I have no idea what Prime's going to do. Roku's been been doing pretty good. We've been seeing 40, 20, 30, 40,000 know, viewers over there. So it's really nice. Um, we're going to see where Prime takes us. And, uh, but no, Tom's our first guest on Prime. Wolf was the first guest for the show. And this show is the first, first show to be on Prime on the Prime Network with us. Wow. wow. What an honor. Yes. Yeah. It's amazing. It's, uh, well, this is, this is growing because Joe used to, to, well, you've been on the guest on this show on whether it's UFO Paranormal or any of the other shows. And just kind of like, What's this have to do with UFOs or what's this have to do with politics or what's it have to do with anything? So 
his solution was to create a new show, which is awesome. The author's quilt. And uh, so we're very excited about just from my perspective as writers of the future, because we have lots of winners and lots of judges like yourself, both illustrators and writers who um, have lots of good things to say. And there's, it's amazing just yeah. how much the, uh, the podcast has grown, Writers of the Future podcast, yeah. but just there's a lot of writers out there and authors and uh, artists who want to get that break. So being able to, to listen to people like you talking about, you know, just, I mean, you got your own success that you got, but also some of the different tips and, and things to be able to help them is, I think is also really important, especially as, I don't know, I, I'm out here in California where it's, it's, it's not conducive to, to um, survival or something. It's, <laughs> you know, it's just, it, it, it's just, oh, I mean, it's, it's just the population dropped again for the third year in a row. You know, it's just, oh my gosh. Yes. They're all going yeah, to Florida so, and Texas. Yeah. And yeah. And, and uh, Nevada. What's that? So a lot are coming to Arkansas. I've yeah. Seen. A lot are coming to Arkansas. Yeah. And there's, uh, the little, the little orange County in Idaho is a lot of the people going there now, you know, so it's, they're, they're the, the red guys are leaving and going there to Idaho to set up stuff. But anyway, it's with, with this, with everything we've got, you know, being able to listen to you and get what you've had to say, you've done articles in the rise of the future series. You've, you know, you've been on the podcast a couple of different times and on the show multiple times, you know, people can really get, as you don't have to, you know, give up and quit. Like your story is an amazing story of persistence, you know, and just despite everything else, just persisting and holding on to that dream. And people need that type of assurance. And that's something that was originally started in 83 when Elwood Hubbard created this contest. And then because of, you know, like um, some of the first judges of the illustrator contests were like the biggest names in illustration during yeah. the pulp era. You know, so Frank Kelly Freeze was the first one, and he was like amazing. And uh, Frank Rosette was one of the first judges. I, you know, just like him. Yeah. yeah, you know, you know and, it's funny because I actually used Tom. Uh, um, it was about three months ago. I was giving a lecture at Mississippi State, and, and actually, somebody was talking to me about. They asked me some questions about writers of the future because I was actually there for politics. And, uh, but I, I always, for some reason, I guess now I've been doing it long enough with them that I, I get asked questions, and I'm talking to them. And uh, somebody says, well, do you know if any of these guys are famous? I said, well, some of the judges are really famous. And some of the ju judges are quite wealthy. And some judges, you know, get a break, some don't. I said, but, you know, a friend of mine, Tom Woods, when I, when I first met him, well, what the hell happened here? Hmm. Sorry about that, guys. Apparently I had fat fingeritis there. That's all right. I said, we, I was talking about your your uh, your first picture. Um, where was it now? I always want to say Walmart. Where was it? Not Walmart. Um uh, yeah, my first poster was in Walmart. Yeah, yeah. So, so I, yeah, it was. So I bring it up, and they're like, "What?" I said, "Yeah." I said, "I think it shocked him how many he sold in the beginning." They're like, "I said, you just." I said, "You can't give up people because you never know what is it the thing that's going to just take off. You just never know what it's going to be." Right. And uh, I, the great thing about the the pro, the uh, program, but through Galaxy Press and Writers of the Future, was that uh, you know these kids that come in are looking for answers on how to take this with their love, their hobby that they've done through high school and in grade school and figure out a way to make a living at it. And there's no other program I've ever seen that does what writers of the future does for these artists. I mean, they bring in the biggest names in the art world, fantasy art world commercial, and they will teach you 
all the newest techniques. They will teach you how to market yourself, how to conduct yourself on interviews, especially Joe's excellent that and um yeah. you know and show you <laughs> tell you their own stories this is how because everyone's is different but um how to make your path and just how to be persistent and go through those doors when they open because they they may open only once in a lifetime but That's those true. those doors can lead to other opportunities that can make or break careers and uh, you just got to have the the courage and a, a little bit of wisdom to be able to go through them and, and succeed. So um, it's, it's not easy. It's, the artist path is, is difficult and uh, it's scary. You don't, sometimes you don't get to stay at home and do this in your basement forever. Yeah, you have to yeah. Um, yeah. move all over the country or overseas. You gotta go where the money is. I mean, that's, that's how it is. You make it and then you can, and then you can be a little more selective where you want to stay. But uh, breaking into the field is not just based on talent. And even technique, it's based on relationships. The relationship that got me that first poster in Walmart was a friend of mine who was uh, who I worked with in Tallahassee, Florida, had uh, emailed me and said that they're having this this company's having a contest to see who could come up with the best dragon. And uh, so I did it on a whim, did it, knocked it out in a day, and sent it in, and it won, and it uh, sold thousands of units and of course the licensing company came back and said you got more of these you know and then i dropped another one and then uh, the phoenix rising which is probably my biggest seller it hit and and uh, it stayed in the poster bins for two years and sold like millions of units and um so even though i had a a very successful commercial marketing business my love was always from seeing frank Frazetta's works in the in the seven in the late 70s especially on his death dealer work that he did for the uh, Molly Hatchet album. They kind of changed, yeah, that was good. you know, changed my entire outlook on what art needs to be, what excited me. Um, that was always something that I wanted to do. What I had to do was to go into marketing and commercial artwork at first, just to make a living mm -hmm. and then you eat. build on my fantasy artwork. And then that took off in the early 2000s and I've been able to build both companies, but uh, the commercial stuff pays, still pays good. I'm not walking away from that, but the fantasy art really where my passion is. Yeah, well, you got to eat. Fantasy art is great anyway. But I mean, <laughs> anyway, it goes, you still got to eat. That's right. Well, uh, B. Jackson, you know, she was a winner in volume. I think she was a grand prize winner in volume 24. You were talking about relationships. There was one of her friends because she had her, her relationships with other, you know, um, artists. And somebody couldn't handle jobs. So they referred her instead. And so she ended up illustrating this book that uh, turned out to be a New York Times bestseller was the one with uh, um, the uh, Michelle Obama, you know, the, the the one where she was, you know, the little girl, um, right. somebody looks up. So she she did that. And then all of a sudden that just like, it was because somebody else couldn't handle it. So she was given that contact. She submitted and they said, okay, good, we'll do it. And she wrote, I mean, she called me and she called Echo said, now, what should I do on this? You know, cause she didn't know what, she never had a divorce. So she called like, this was the contract says, what about this? And what about that? So we helped her, you know, what to do. And uh, she, it just totally took her up to a whole new level. And then she did a book also for LeBron James. And so she's definitely in a whole new league now because of that. And then I just interviewed Chris Arias. He was a winner last year from Costa Rica. Yeah. So he was, because he came to Hollywood, he was like a, a Costa Rican hero. You know, they were like, wow, you made it out of costa rica so he was covered in all the national televisions three different stations oh there. He, he was covered there 
He had a major feature article. He was invited because um, Dan Farr, who was our keynote speaker this year and owned several comic conventions in the US, called the owner of the Costa Rica Comic Convention. And because of that contact, he then invited Chris and made him a special illustrator guest for the convention. Mm. Um, a few weeks ago, he was a guest of honor at the Costa Rica Christmas Parade. He was there honored in the Christmas Parade. And um, he said, it's just, if he said, what well, has been done? He said, somebody stopped him on the street, said, oh, are you that guy that won the Oscar? And, you know, so, <laughs> you know, so it was, he said, my, my life has totally changed since doing that. So now he's, he's got commission work he's doing, but he's trying to move into sequential art. And I introduced him to um, Cirello in Spain. And he was totally like humbled to be able to get that oh, connection sure. and help them get started. So he's just like, you know, that's that, you know, you said the connections and that's the winners have a chance to meet you and um, Larry Elmore and, and those other types of, of judges that just mm. echo and Lazarus are just totally willing to help, you know? So it's, it, it's a, it's an amazing thing, you know, when people can connect up to folks like you. Well, you know, uh, one of the questions that came in was Kevin said, he asked me what I, what I found most interesting about the judges. I, I mean, first off, the, the illustrated judges are characters to start off with. So they're just a lot of fun. But what I really mean yeah. is, is, is out, what impressed me about all the judges? Because first off, I'm an outside. I'm not an illustrator or I'm just press. And I was watching from the outside and it amazed me that they're just everyday people. No, I mean, literally everybody's got an ego because everybody has to have an ego for what they do for a living, but it's not the kind of ego that gets in the way. Um, you know, I, I watched them with all of these people and trust me, they had far more patience than I did. I'm just not <laughs> even going to lie about it. You know, I watch, I watch, you know, you know, like what time we get surrounded or, or echo would get surrounded or Tim would get surrounded or Jody would get surrounded and, and they've just worked their way through the crowd and talk and, and very nicely, you know, and this is how you should do this. And this is how you should do that or come sit in the class. Or, and it amazed me because really and truly, and some of them are quite wealthy, they're still everyday people. And let me tell you what, I deal with a lot of wealthy people and a lot of them are not everyday people. A lot of them are, I'm not going to say what they are on, on the radio, but <laughs> some of them are still customers, <laughs> but still it's, it's different. I, it's one of the things that really truly impressed me more about the judges than even their knowledge or even what they had done was the fact that they were just everyday people. Oh, come well, to lunch I'll tell you something me. too, because I'm the one that, that picks the judges mm -hmm. is one thing they all have in common separate in a separate from being pros. Cause you've got, you know, there's a lot of good people out there, a lot of very talented artists and, and authors out there, but the one characteristic and one quality that, is senior to everything else is their willingness to help, their desire to help and willingness yeah. to help. And if you've got somebody that's willing to help, that's what you're seeing there. You know, you've got some people, they're great, but they're just, no, I'm not interested. I'm not, you know, I don't, I don't like teaching. I don't like working with other people. And we're like, okay, cool, you know, more power to you. But that's not the caliber of people we use as judges. And sometimes I've had some amazing people, I've talked to them and, you know, after talking to them, you're like, okay, good, well, you know, it's great knowing you. I'll invite you onto the podcast. So I won't take any further. You know, it's just like, if they're not willing to help and if that's not part of what they're willing to do, then, um, then that's, that's not what we are looking for. No, I mean, it's the, 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 the judge corps is a really good group. I mean, I, I couldn't fault any of them. I mean, there, there's a lot of differences between them. It's not like they're all out of cookie cold or cookie cutter molds or anything. No, I mean, definitely not. They're very different. And Marcus, to answer your question, no, the, 
so really fast because I don't want to take too much of time time's time. So really and truly, the illustrators as they get older are much more outgoing than the authors are for some reason. But if you flip that and go back to when they're just starting out, the authors are much more outgoing than the illustrators are. The, the young illustrators are very inverted. They're very, very withdrawn. Matter of fact, you can go look at the interviews I've done so far. So the interviews done in LA with the illustrators last about 18 minutes. The ones with the authors last about an hour and a half. I'm not <laughs> shitting you. That's, it's amazing what the difference is. And now we got to improve because we got four years of it now. So you can actually see it for yourself. But as they get older, it changes. The, the successful illustrators, are, I guess because they've reached their passions, they've got to do the things that they wanted to do, like what Tom was talking about earlier. So it allows them to be much more outgoing in their life. Uh, and I see that for myself and I'm like, well, this is just interesting to watch. Uh, I should write a book. (laughs) Because we've got unfairly, I don't know about unfairly, it's probably warranted, but we've got the reputation that the party is with the artist, you know, after the, Mm -hmm. after the um, lessons are over for the day and you want to go hang out and have fun, hang out with the artist because we're a little crazier. And you're right. We do have a little bit of an ego and, uh, and you're right. You kind of have to have that kind of level of confidence to wade into hundreds of thousands of artists that are out there and think that you can go in and do the job and confidently. Yes. So, uh, yeah. And that's why Joe hangs out with us. I go, I go track them down. So where the hell are these guys? Oh no, really, really, truly people. No, no, there's, there's nothing like any of that going on. I mean, everybody's really polite and it's not that we don't drink. It's just nobody's sloppy drunk or stupid or anything like that. Not that I've seen in the four years I've been there now. No, it's a, I've never seen anything okay. like that. The, the only bad people was Chris, and he was, he was just bad. We had to send him back to Australia. <laughs> I'm just he's in, um, he's in Poland. Like yeah, I think, he, I think he said he was in Poland last time I talked to him. Yeah, I'm be having, I've got to finish reading his book. I'll have, he's got a book that he, that he wrote, and I'll be having one as a guest in the next month or two. Yes, he's a, he's a character, is all I can say. <laughs> we'll just leave it at that. Yeah, a grand prize winner from volume 36 or something like that. Yeah, he's, he, but he's a lot of fun. and But he's also makes my point, too. You can see how outgoing he is. Uh, it's it's just different. It's 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 just one of those things that you see uh, when you when you watch. And, well, if you, if you just watch individuals, you're never going to see it. But I'm seeing him as in groups, so it's different for me. I see them in, in big groups. I see, you know, not just the winners, but I see the judges as well. And I can actually watch the differences between the judges and winners. And there's, a, I mean, it's, it's the confidence level really just comes from selling, doing your job and making money. And, and that's where the confidence comes from. And the youngins don't always have that because they really haven't had those kind of big sales that make them think, oh, shit, I'm actually worth something. Um, so that has to be instilled into people, unfortunately, guys and girls. Some people, well, one are, of the things that happens too, and I think Tom, you've seen, I know Joe, you have too, is on that, uh, the art reveal when the, yes. uh, artists and the, and the, and the authors meet, you know, with the art for the first time in the, when the story, that's such a, such a, a tearjerker event, you know? Yeah, Absolutely. Very yeah. emotional. I mean, this, those artists, when they've had the stories, it's been, illustrated with their artwork and they get to see it for the first time is really the highlight. Um, you would think it was the award ceremony. It's not so much. Yeah. I mean, they've kind of gotten used to it, but that, that unveiling early on in this, in the, uh, um, workshop program week. is, uh, is just tear jerking. So it is. it's a room yeah. full of tears. The parts you don't want to miss. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, so the, I'm still amazed at how many of pick, so, pick them out right off the bat. I mean, how many of the authors yeah. pick it out right off the bat? But it's like, funny because the illustrators are solely worried 
that the artist isn't going to recognize it. They'll think, oh, no, what's, what'd you do? And then the writers are so concerned <laughs> that, that they couldn't get anything out of their story because it was so bad. They're, they're, they're both equally as, as worried that the opposite isn't going to like their, what they did. And right. then when they come and see it, and you just see that instant, like, the melting well, of everything, all their worries and concerns, and it just that it explodes in that emotion. And and and, and they have see, to realize that when you've got an art director like Echo, who's done this for so many years, she understands. Yeah. She can understand exactly what that writer is trying to um, relay, and can put it mm -hmm. in words that it, even the youngest, most inexperienced artist can understand and follow that. So just you know, let Echo direct and uh, yeah, trust her, yeah. and you know she'll nail it every time, and she does. Yeah. And she's talking yeah. about Echo Turnick, who is a fabulous lady. We, we, she's another one that's fun to hang out with. No, you can't get the three of us together. We're going to get banned one year. Yeah, that's that's never good. Uh, <laughs> no, that's no, no. Actually, no, but no, she's a lot of fun and she's extremely talented. But you know, we were talking about this. We, we, I, I had Shoemaker on last week, and we were talking about the importance of a good book cover. You know, because and I've said this a hundred thousand times. I have bought books based on the cover, didn't even flip the damn book open, just looked at the cover and bought it. Now, sometimes I was really happy. You know, when you looked at that cover, it kind of gave you an idea what the story was. Sometimes I looked at the book cover and it gave you an idea what the story was, but but that's not what the actual story was. It was some other bullshit that had nothing to do with what was on the cover. So, and those actually aggravate me, but you know, once you buy it, you buy it. It's, um, but it is important and, and it will make a big difference in how many books you can sell until you hit that point that everybody knows or heard about your book. That cover makes a big difference in who's going to pick up that damn book and buy it. 100%. When, you're, when, when you're standing yeah. there looking at 50, yeah. 80 books on a stand and you see that, wow, the cover jumps out, you're like, oh, well, let's go check this out. And a lot of times you don't have time to read it right there, you just purchase it and go on. It makes a big difference. And I noticed. That some of the people I talked to hadn't quite grasped that concept. I'm like, well, you better make sure you got a damn good cover is all I'm telling you. That's right. Yeah, so Tom, now you've done several book covers, right? Uh, yes, I have done several books. You did one for Rise of the Future recently. Yeah, I no. do. I've got it actually right here, which was um, – Yeah, this is – to have it right here. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's always right here. Yeah, this is the cover that I did last year. And, um, yeah, this was um, – you guys hit me up like last September, I think it was. I think I think Dan DeSantos, who is a good friend of mine, an amazing mm, artist, yeah. he yes. had he was sort of scheduled to do the cover. And of course, Dan's amazing. He works for Mar does artwork for Marvel Comics and uh, stuff like that. So he's got a huge, you know, big reputation, and I tons of respect for me. So when he turned it, when he was able unable to do it, and I kind of got the the nod after to, or the asked to do it after that i jumped on it but then you know dan had turned it down so i've got to like compete with dan DeSantis, <laughs> which just sucks. he's got he's got this another one that's fun he this year's cover. he's got this year's volume Is 40 it? coming out really have you, seen, what's it? The process? have you seen the cover already of course really See, that's not even fair we don't get to know what the cover what you, is i was with him when he came up with the idea for that cover and i sh unless he's changed it I can't, I'm not going to talk about it now, but yes, we came up with, on air. We were in LA, me and Larry and, uh, and Dan, and he knew that he was going to be doing it this year. And we concocted this fantastic concept for a cover. And yeah. They're I hope that's awesome. Is that, is, did he follow through with that idea? 
I don't know. But when we're done, we'll separately we'll set up and I'll and I'll uh, pull up so you can see it. And you can yeah, let I want to see that. it. Yeah. Yes, guys. They were talking about Larry Elmore from Dungeons and Dragons. We're not sending me some uh, progress or at least some thumbnails or something on. This. I know. Huh? He's a, watching. So, right so you you're, you're talking about three of the great artists in the country, right? Illustrators in the country right now with Dan and Larry and and Tom himself. So. No, Larry Elmore, guys. He's Dungeons and Dragons. Oh yeah, y'all know who he is. You bunch and, of geeks. And Dragonlance, yeah. <clears throat> Dragonlands. And um, and and the only person I've ever met that can actually out talk me, uh, <laughs> probably in circles at that man. It's just I can't keep up with him. Uh, oh, he's great. He but, is. But he's Tom's great. But one thing that I really think is that people will like hearing is Tom's timeline as an artist. I was I was amazed when we had down and chatted. And how he first started and made it all the way up to where he is right now, because like I said, when we first started this this, this uh, show, it's like his he's a, an amazing story of persistence. And I mean, you're from a really small town, and how you made it, you know, there's for someone because it's really easy. It's really easy to come up with your ready-made excuses why you can't be successful, why you can't make it. I was this, and I was that, and I had this against me. And I mean, you had your fair share of reasons why you couldn't but yet you have so a little um, bit of what you did well i mean i come from a little country town in arkansas my graduating class was 18 kids i mean of course there was no social media we didn't even have an art class um in high school until i was a senior and then even yeah. then it was tom is kind of the art class artist let's put him over there with an airbrush and he can make t-shirts we could sell and raise money buy some more art stuff since we're broke, you know, our school was just always just broke. But anyway, it's a tiny little country school, but you didn't even think about that. All you thought about, this is what I want to do. And that's, and when I was in first grade, I decided that I was going to be an artist. And that was, there was never any um, plan B after that. That's fabulous. I wish I could have been like that. Yeah. I mean, there was never any, I, I really don't have any other skills other than raising cows and possibly, yeah, that's a good <laughs> skill, though. <laughs> Let's not lie. They raise it all in the artwork and kind of, you know, just hope for the best. What's Black Angus going for right now? 5G's a cow or something? So it's a good skill to have. Let's not lie. <laughs> um, well, it's Red Brangus, actually, which are which are the best by far. Yeah, so uh, anyway, kind yeah, of Red Brangus. Oh, okay. They're, yeah, they're excellent. You know, we had this, and I don't want to get off of sidetrack, but we had this conversation uh, versus Southern Angus against wahoo beef and what do you like better <laughs> anyway we're not going to finish it tonight but it was a good conversation um, anyway so you're, you're at first grade right now so keep on going right yeah and so i'm in first grade i decided that uh, i had drawn this one piece it was an underwater scene and my first grade teacher was just so blown away by it she brought me up to the front of the class and uh made me sh made all the kids stop what they were doing and look and had me describe this is how i done this and because at the time, all my other classmates were doing like figure eights for fish with a flat edge for yeah. a tail. And then it's just a squiggly line. And mine was had waves and seaweed and starfish and sharks swimming around. And uh, so um, the kids really didn't understand why the teacher was so uh, impressed with this. And they just <laughs> give her this blank stare. So she just grabs me and she hauls me across the hallway in the second grade and stops their class and makes them show me or makes me show them my artwork. And uh, still, I don't think that she got the the, uh, the uh, reaction. The reaction. Yeah. But anyway, I guess it established me as like the 
school artist, even first grade. And then I, I kind of enjoyed that attention. That was always something that I could cling to no matter, yeah. you know, where I was in sports or academics and stuff like that. Tom's the art guy. So um, everybody would always crowd around and, you know, be waiting to see. We had to do a book report with an illustration. Everybody couldn't wait to see, you know, whatever I'd done with it. So, but at the end of school, you know, it was 11th grade. I'd started looking at colleges um, and I wanted to, so I started doing illustrations even in high school for the, uh, for the local paper, all the political illustrations. I was getting 25 bucks a pop at it. So I thought I was just rolling in cash at the time. So, uh, <laughs> well, when you're young, you know, yeah. <laughs> but, um, so yeah, after that, I went to the university of Arkansas. They had, a, of course they didn't have computers at the time. They were still, it was all very traditional. Uh, had some great instructors and then, um, I got an opportunity to become an art director from um, a person in, uh, in Memphis, Tennessee at Champion Awards. Bobby Wright was the uh, production manager. He knew my dad and uh, gave me the opportunity to come and, and work there, paying me more than what my instructors told me to expect when I got out. So I made that leap of faith into professional artwork when I was when I was uh, 19. And uh, at 19, I was an assistant art director at 19. Didn't know what the hell I was doing. Didn't even, had never been in a real city before. And I uh, just kind of figured it out. And within a month, they had fired the art director, made me art director. So I was a 19-year-old art director of uh, the eighth largest um, contract printer in the country at the time, and uh, which was a lot of pressure. Um, but if you stuck, and I hired probably 20 artists that came in, burnout left but if you could stick with it if you could stick with the 80 hours weeks the weekends uh you learned more in a year than you learned in four years in college uh it was just oh, yeah. it was just on that on the job tra intense training major level just really shoot up and then once i got to a certain level then the headhunter started coming through and uh offered me jobs at salem sportswear which is the biggest sports licensing company in the country at the time and then I took that job in New Hampshire after two and a half years in Memphis, uh, was the senior designer at Salem Sportswear for uh, for two years and then got hired at, as the creative director at Starter for special events when I was 24 and uh, was doing shirts for Michael Jordan. All the shirts that you've seen on when they put the shirts on after the big games, after the championship games or on the, you know, the parades, I did all those graphics for them. And I uh, did that for three years and it was just a ton of fun. But one of my, um, so in 1998, Starter closed its doors, even though special events and printing was making money hand over fist. They tried to sell the company and um, that went along with it. So it, when that happened, I decided to come back here uh, to Arkansas, start my own business, Meridian, because I had so many contacts in Connecticut where, um, where Starter was and just did ad agency work. For, uh, for a few years and then started my um, fantasy art stuff and was doing great at that. And then uh, one of my old colleagues at Salem Sportswear called me up because she had left there and was a uh, creative director at Live Nation. And she started giving me jobs doing work for Kiss and Aerosmith. And then ultimately she gave me uh, the biggest license name out there at the time at Hot Topics and Spencer's was Insane Clown Posse. That was their big ticket item. So when they hit me with that, I um, 
did an entire series of them. In fact, I've done like 50 graphics uh, through, live, through Live Nation over the years for Insane Clown Posse. And uh, got a huge juggalo following, and that's still a big part of my fan base. And uh, I've been doing, you know, I still go to all their functions. I go to the gathering, the juggalos every year, even though I don't look like it. Those, uh, some of my best friends in the world are, are juggalos. They've been like the most supportive people um, on the planet for me. So, um, and that's why in 2020, when everything shut down, even the gathering, the juggalos shut down this year. And I decided um, since Arkansas is in the middle of nowhere and we don't like to listen to people, uh, we decided, I decided to put together my own event which was called Tom Woods, the float, which you come down to my hometown, you float spring river with me and the artists that have been there. Cause I brought all of these juggalo artists from the underground rap scene to my little town. We have a huge event. It's a four day event and all we have stages um, set up. We have contests and events and then we get to float the river with me uh, because I've been floating since I was just a little kid. I floated at least a thousand times. And uh, I take them down the river twice, and every night we come back to a huge night of music and festivities, and it's just uh, contests, and it's just a big time. But it's just amazing to see these, where I started at, to see the opportunities that's arose out of just pure luck, it seems, or fate, possibly. But it's always had to do with the connection, whether it was Carrie Gallagher at Live Nation that gave me that opportunity to do the ICP stuff, and then the fact that the fans seem to embrace me with uh, – with ICP and started bringing me to their events. And I was able to work on so many different projects with these guys because, you know, I've had Shaggy Tudo from Insane Clown Posse. He comes to little Mammoth Spring, Arkansas and performs for, you know, for these people at the float. And it's just kind of uh, surreal sometimes to see if you just keep at it, you know, try to keep a positive attitude and just do some things that are scary every once in a while and see what can, you know what can happen it's uh it's really pretty inspiring yes i'd still be working for mcdonald's if i gave up <laughs> don't get me wrong man. gm they um well, this is guy we're talking 40 years ago but as a gm they paid me they make it 175 a year plus bonus um so to today you probably make more than but guys don't take that to heart you gotta have a big store you can't be in a little store a little store probably 60 dollars a year Unless you got a Mardi Gras store, and that's probably a quarter million plus a quarter million in bonus. Mm, yes. <laughs> Believe it or not, you can make some money flipping burgers. Uh, but uh, I couldn't do it. I, I've never been a nine-to-five guy. It's always been a problem for me. And um, I, I like I like to be able to work my own schedules. And I'd like to stay up late at night, so this, it's never conducive when you got to get up at six in the morning. Uh, what so, was that Tom, what's your because you've so Tom, you've got your cows that you have to do, and you have your art. How does your schedule work? Uh, you just uh, you, you got to have some people to help. You can't do it all by yourself. Um, of course, I was raised out here on uh, this. I'm the seventh generation of wood on this piece, little piece of property out here. We got 500 acres, and then you know, out here in Arkansas, that's home. It has been home for my family for years. And uh, when this piece of property that I'm on came up next to it, I just I had to jump on it and we added it to the uh, to the family property and just keep try to keep expanding. And uh, but being able to be next door to your family and have them as a support system has been uh, has been the only way you can't do with the schedule that I have when it comes to artwork, not only commercial, but fantasy and uh, entertainment. Um, it's hard to schedule. And um you just have to work around it. And then my, of course, my dad is, um, he's 
like Sam Elliott, and John Wayne mixed together. He is, uh, he's a working person. <laughs> I'll never be as, uh, you know, as, um, awesome as he is he's just uh he's 77 years old and there's no quit in him and uh so without that he takes care of the cows mostly we have a couple of hired hands that help out uh my nephew seth uh would he moved down here to help out and he's you know he's a, not only did we have the farm but we have the cows my parents own a restaurant in town called the riverbend restaurant which is overlooked spring river it's gorgeous yeah you know, if you come through mammoth you'll have to stop by and eat there but uh, we've got lots of irons in the fire, which keeps keeps us going, keeps us young. Uh, staying busy does keep you young. Uh, <clears throat> I like to be busy. <laughs> You're not going to write them up, grave. I wasn't. I was laying around. I was that. <laughs> it's it's. I, I don't know. I can't sit still. John can't still. You can't. This, the three of us probably. If you put us in a room, said so you'd sit still. Well, I don't know which one of us head would pop off first. Yeah. It's uh. It's uh. Uh, so we were, um, what we, I was sitting down at the restaurant last year talking and, uh, two of the, with two of the, uh, winners and they, they were like, does anybody ever sit still here? I said, yeah. I said, don't go sit down and have lunch or have a drink or something. I said, but mostly everybody's busy. I said, and everybody wants everybody's attention. I said, so everybody's busy. But last year was the most I've ever had to introduce winners to, to judges. They, they, the last, uh, the first three groups that I met were a little bit more, aggressive i guess is the way to say it this group was they were kind of scared to go up and talk to people i said well hold on because I, I would sometimes i'd be sitting there having a drink or eating something and i'd hear them talking i said well you want to meet him hold on i'll just walked over and said hey look such and such such and such such and such and that was the end of that and if they were busy they said come back if they didn't want they chit-chatted with them it's just a little strange though it was it was a little on the strange side yeah i would uh, i would invite most of the artists because there's so much information that's given during the program itself or during the event yeah but that that downtime where you get those little nuggets of you know wisdom and information and inspiration from these artists is uh is huge so uh, i know mostly when it comes to artists where they're very introverted like joe said especially in their younger uh, yeah. parts of their career but uh just step up and you know come along with us there's always a handful i know two years ago when we had um Zane and all those guys was the winner. Those there was and uh, Dan, they were just an excellent bunch of guys and girls, and uh, yep. they were fearless and they just they, they just tagged along. <laughs> they were right there. They acted like they belonged and they known us for years. And I still am in touch with those guys. Uh, Brent, uh, great guy, um, all very talented, very talented uh, group of uh, winners that year. Yeah. But uh, anyway, I'd say. Just uh, get past your fears and get over them. We're not going to bite. We're a lot of fun. And uh, I think that you can learn a lot just tagging along with us and just being comfortable enough to ask the questions that uh, you don't, you know, don't worry about it. you're going to look stupid in front of us. You don't know us. Uh, no. So, um, and you can't worry about looking stupid. I mean, somewhere in the world, at some point in the world, you're going to look stupid. Just deal with it and just move on with life. That's right. Oh, yeah, one thing I know with, with, with illustrators and with writers too, is like, it's a very lonely career. You're there in your own studio painting and like, as an artist or a writer, you know, this is, you're bearing your soul with what you're creating and then you put it out there. And if, I mean, that one thing, and I do recommend that because there's only 12 writers and 12 artists that come out as, as winners, but we do try to do, you know, this show is part of the, of the solution, but also the uh the podcast i do also gets people giving their stories and, and tips 
But one thing that um, I think is, is really important is that um, you've got to like have yourself and you can talk about this too a little bit, Tom, is the right friends. Because if you have people that are that are um, the wrong friends, you know, they're the ones that, that will come in there and just say, uh, I wouldn't give up my day job if I were you, that type of, of communication you'll never, they're, they're going to hold you down. They're going to keep you introverted and not going. So how have you dealt with that, Tom? Um, you know, it's uh, maybe by the luck of the draw, John, but, you know, my parents were always, even though my dad's a, a farmer, you know, he's a cattle rancher. Um, and I know that he wants nothing more than to see me, you know, pick up the herd and move on with it. <laughs> and I certainly plan to do that. But, you know, at a young age, he was thinking I'm going to move off to New York and be an artist mm. and, you know, there goes, there goes the farm after that. But uh, even through that, he was incredibly supportive, you know, um, yeah. every, you know, he would take the time to talk about how good this piece of artwork was. Everything went on the refrigerator at the end of the day that I would bring home. Um, and even the teachers, you know, that uh, knew that it could be a very hungry um, existence yeah, as an true. artist, you know, they would, I would draw these masterpieces on my desk at school and they would, isolate them, you know, isolate that desk and don't let other students molest it or, <laughs> or smear it or anything like that. And uh, it's just a small, small school. It was just the perfect recipe to allow me to, you know, become confident in it and even arrogant about it when I was young. And of course, when I got to uh, Salem Sportswear, where they had a huge staff of artists, I, it, it humbled me very quickly. And I, I learned yeah. I didn't know near as much as I thought I did. And uh, of course, Photoshop, Illustrator, and all the, the different uh, illustration programs that we still use today were just coming online. So we were all learning at the same time, and uh, but they were ahead of me, and I knew it, and that bothered me. I don't, I don't like to lose. Um, you know, I like, like just like that dragon I did last year. I don't like to lose a Dan DeSantos. So, you know, like, <laughs> <laughs> I want to see sales numbers at the end of this year versus last year. So based on that, those covers, so. Um, and that's the same way, even, you know, except when it comes to someone like Larry, who's like this icon, you know, Larry Elmore, who I grew up looking at, doesn't, you know, you'll never, yeah, Larry's you'll never amazing. get as good as, as Larry. So, um, and then John mentioned earlier, Frank Fazetta, who yeah, was, Frank's uh, a beast. was the man, you know, he's the one that sort of um, created the entire culture of fantasy art worker. He, he, he Create the entire look that we all follow to a certain extent. Um, having someone like that that was doing the job that I get to do for Writers of the Future now is uh, means more than I can put into words. So that's kind of a dream fulfilled, being in the same um, footprints as he is. That's amazing. It's interesting because you had that going with your school. We had a winner a few years ago, Irmak Kevun. Uh, she goes by Max. Um, she was just coming out to. Um, uh, UCLA or UC uh, USC, and she's from uh, Turkey. And where she was there, her parents were both doctors, but her teachers were saying, "Don't do art, quit." You know, you're this is yeah, a, you're so really totally discouraged. Yeah, she was, she was being discouraged right and left, and and so she would like she she'd have to find scrap paper to to draw on, and she'd get pencils, and she you know with and a knife to, to, you know, to open up the lead so she could do her sketches like that. 
And she said it was amazing. She was so discouraged. She came out here and it, it totally lifted up. Her parents were behind it, but her, all her teachers don't do this. No, you know, quit, give up. And um, she was totally suppressed from doing her art. And so when she came out to LA, um, she's one of my favorite recent winners because her persistence, despite amazing counter efforts against her, um, she's just, she came out here and she became as a freshman uh, lead designer in, in computer graphics um, in a senior class. She was, you know, she's just so focused and dedicated, like you're talking about with what you did. And that's, I mean, that's the other extreme of like persistence, you know, and just, you know, that, that purpose, you know, she knew she wanted to be an artist from a very, very young age. And she's just holding to that dream and not letting anything get in the way. So it's just, it really is a matter of persistence. Uh, you got to be persistent to make anything in life and, right. and, and anything worth having is worth fighting for people. So Absolutely. Uh, it's, um, uh, I, I know, I do know a few successful people that I guess you could say it was handed to them, but for the most part, everybody I know who's successful and I know quite a few of them, they work pretty damn hard to get where they are today. Uh, and, and they don't give up. You can't quit. I mean, even, even if for some reason you get a bad review, you can't quit. It's like when I interviewed Rachel Maddow, I thought for sure that was going to be the worst interview I ever did. It turned out not to be. So you just, you just, you got to plug through it and hope for the best. And sometimes you'll be surprised. And like we were saying earlier, you just never know what's going to take off, especially today when something can go viral on the internet in 15 minutes. You just, you just never know. Might, might hit the TikTok circuit. And next thing you know, it's around the planet in an hour. Uh, and you also, well, I got a good friend of mine who's a female on TikTok who makes $600,000 a month. No, when she doesn't do anything naughty or anything like that, she just comes on and talks about how she cooks and, uh, and, and her friends. That's just the stupidest thing I've ever heard. No, it really is. I, don't get me wrong. I love her to death, but 600 G's a month. I'm like, come oh, on. I'm in the long praying to work. Yeah. I can show y'all some boobies. Look, that's <laughs> just bad. <laughs> It's just bad. Sure. Uh, if you win, you get the me time. Yes. Or if you, you happen to be, or you come out to the float, you get the me time. That's yes. right. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, yeah. It's, um, no, I was going to go this year, but I, I didn't realize it was the same weekend at Dragon Con. So I was up at Dragon Con this year, but yeah. I'm going to go see him next year because I love a, a, a good uh, a good float down the river. There's several good ones around here. So it's it's a nice thing. I haven't done it in a while, but it's a nice thing. Yeah, it's 12. That's it's how 12. we originally met Tom. That's how we originally met you was at Dragon Con about That's a thousand true. years ago, it seems like. You it was, your it was, wife and your, your daughter. Right. It was 2010. Uh, and I fate had put your booth right next to mine. And that was my yeah. first show. I'd just written the book, Hellfire Plague of Dragons, and done all the artwork in it and the cover and even the story. Um, but Robert Weinberg, had done uh, the writing for it. And I was doing a book signing for that. I had uh, Pacific Trading had done all of these ceramic figurines for my dragons and stuff. And it was a really, I had tons of product. Unfortunately, I had no idea what I was doing um, there. And uh, so my booth was a wreck. And uh, <laughs> that's when you needed Sarah, buddy. <laughs> yeah, that's, where, that's where I met Sarah. She was like, you, yeah, let me help you here, Tom. You were just obviously from the country and, yeah, you have no idea what's going on. <laughs> no, I've been doing Sarah this for a while, even though she's like, you. You know, they just they totally love you, your wife, and your daughter. Oh, Sarah's such a sweetheart. So, yeah, 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 who Sarah is. People, I, I, all I can tell you, is she's Sarah. That's the best way I can tell you. That's who she is. So, so yeah, we've been we've been friends ever since the whole the whole group. It's uh, Riders of the Future. And don't stand. Yeah, around we just came back last week from uh, 
the uh, Stetson Country Christmas. It was a 10-day uh, uh, cowboy show. So we had all of the L. Ron Hubbard Western books we sold there. We sold a 1,000 books. But I love it because I get to wear my cowboy hat and my boots. And uh, and Emily got this this shirt for me and a brand-new uh, Western jacket. So I was like, you know, if you get an outfit, you can be a cowboy too. So I was, you know, I right. was like – Ready to go. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I have more cowboy hat. And I couldn't even tell you the last time. When I was young, a different time to time, but I haven't worn one in a while. Because I was, for me, I had a weird upbringing. I was born in the bayou, lived in the city, then raised in the country, then back to the bayou. We had about, uh, my family, they had about 2,000 acres up in uh, northern Louisiana. We used to go hang out at all time with cows and hogs all over the place. Yeah. Oh, yeah, man. They had, so their idea was, at one time, they had this big, huge hog pen. So they got out and they said, to hell with it. Just let them run wild. So you'd be in the woods. Have your 80 hogs come running by. <laughs> yeah, don't fall off your horse here, man. Yeah, um, Joe used to go out at nighttime and do some cow tipping. Uh, I used to go out at nighttime and do some shopping. I'm not going to get into that. But that's uh, that's that's not, not, you know, it's a long time ago. So I thought the statute of limitations might be up, but. Uh, but I was really lucky. For me, it was it was a great upbringing. I got I got to experience the, my Bayou friends, my city friends, and my country friends, and I got to live in all three worlds. So I, I really got a, a way different upbringing than most people do. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah, no, it really was. Yeah. Uh, but it really screwed my accent up. So especially when I'm traveling, it just goes off into some tizzy. What's that, Denise? We mean. You can go right there at uh, what is it, Timewood Fantasy Art and take a look around. He's got more than one site, but that's that's the site we have. Yeah, TimewoodFantasyArt.com. Um, you can see like my fantasy art collection, uh, my entertainment collection, which is mostly ICP because I have a huge amount of fans with the Juggalos. And ICP then, is Insane Cloud Posse. Insane Clown Posse, correct. Yeah. And then you can go to like MeridianDesignWorks.com, which is uh, a lot of my corporate clients like Pepsi, NASCAR, NBA, NFL, and the, the list goes on but there's yeah. lots of examples of uh, illustration work that's been done for those clients over the years so i try to keep them all separate what do you mean we're, we're, never mind yeah we're not even going there we're just going to move that over to the side and ignore whatever that you know what let's just move it like that <laughs> yeah we're not even going there so <laughs> i'm sorry i gotta stop laughing for a minute it's Christmas. So I'm gonna let y'all slide, people. I'm just gonna let y'all slide. So you're home for the holiday. You you up in Arkansas? You relaxing, taking it easy? Yeah, chilling? yeah. I'm in home for the duration. How's the weather up there? I mean, we're getting it's, rain. It was nice. It's probably today beautiful. But. Sixty degrees out there today, That's and uh, it's sunny. It's nice out. It's about sixty-five today and sunny, but uh, supposedly it's gonna start raining today and rain through uh, Monday night. So we'll see how that goes. Well, a lot of times we share the same weather, y'all, except y'all get snow and we rarely ever see the white stuff. <laughs> uh, no, people, we don't snow down where I live. It, it, it's, it, and if it does snow, we can't. See, we can call it snow, but if y'all were down here, y'all would be like, this is not snow. Maybe John, because he's <laughs> but, but everybody else would be like, this is not snow. This is, uh, this is some ice that looks like snow. The most I've ever seen where I live right now is two inches. That was it. Yes, that's the most I've ever seen. So that's that's not really snow. That's and people in Louisiana don't understand or Mississippi that you have to start to stop ten minutes before the stop sign. <laughs> All you see is whoosh, just people slide through the stop signs and the red lights. Uh, no, he is in Arkansas. Arkansas is a great state. As long as you don't live in Little Rock, it's a great state. Yeah, I agree. 
Yes. Yeah, I mean, Little Rock's not terrible. No, I mean, I mean, I'm not, I'm not really hating on Little Rock. Little Rock's just, it's, it's just a rough, you know, it's got, it's, it's like any big city. Let's just put it that way. It's got its issues. Yeah. Uh, I got friends in Little Rock, and I'm sure right now they're going, yeah, Joe, bite me. Um, but nah, <laughs> but the rest of the state, first off, Arkansas is one of the most beautiful states in the union. You see, y'all don't know because y'all haven't been there. They got little mountains hidden here, valleys with lakes in them, all kind of great recreation areas. Plus, it's the only state I've ever been in that they actually label the spring water and what's in it. I love that. So we're out, we're out getting spring water. It actually tells you the mineral content in each spring. And then there's places in these mountains along these different roads where the springs come out, and you can just stop and fill jugs up on the side of the damn road. Yeah, this is not like the rest of the country. That's all I can tell you. And they have some great rocks up there. They got some great crystals. A lot of places you can go dig. I got some friends up there that get geodes that, well, they get some monster geodes up there. It's it's a beautiful state. Most of the people are really really friendly. Yeah, uh, I have you know, especially in uh, my part. Yeah, we're we're up in the Ozark Mountain part of it. Mm-hmm. Down south, yeah. they're pretty flat, soybean fields, yeah, and that kind of thing, and cotton. Um, after you get north of Little Rock, it starts getting hilly, and by the time you get to where I'm at, it's it's very hilly and lots yeah. of rivers and lakes and it's just gorgeous up here. Oh, he's not kidding. When you leave Louisiana going into Arkansas, it is just basically cotton for, I can't tell you how many miles. It's just ridiculous amounts of, of cotton fields and you'll be driving along a big cotton blowing on damn highway and shit. Um, no, it's, 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 I, I've always liked Arkansas. We, we've gone up there. Uh, I know some of my stuff kids really like going up there and staying too. It's a really pretty place. It's, it's kind of like Alabama. It's a hidden gem. That if you don't know someone there or you actually haven't been there, you don't know what's actually there. Really, as far as some of the, the little the little uh, cottage places they have nestled along different rivers and, and different mountain groups, they've got some stunning uh, chalets along areas in the mountains that are just beautiful. Some along water, some are up in the mountains. It's just a beautiful place to go hang out. And it gets cold. It actually gets uh, genuine cold up there, not like it does in the south where, oh, it was cold. Oh, wait, no, it's hot. Oh, wait, it's cold. No, it's hot. Well, no, Arkansas is the south, but we're just further south than he is. That's all. No, come on, dude. I live so far in the south that if you walked out of my house and walked 200 yards, you'd be in a Gulf of Mexico. You can't get any further south than where I live. You'd have to go to Florida. Yes, you'd have to go to Florida to get any further south than where I live. Um, You mean his favorite? You, you want to know what his most favorite piece are? So wait, wait, wait. I don't understand the question. You're asking, is are you asking what his most favorite piece is that he's done or what his most favorite piece is from someone else has done. Both. Well, that's just cheating. Uh, but I'll ask him anyway. All right. Give me. So she wants to know, and where, where, matter of fact, where are you from? New York City. I should have known. Um, I'm, no, I'm not hating. So she wants to know, out of all the work you've ever done, both, both professional and just for yourself, what is your favorite piece that you've done for yourself oh, or just done in general? And that's going to be a hard one because I can tell you that's it's done like a lot of work. Kind of pick, you know. Yeah, and then, and then she, she wanted to know out of all the artists that you've personally known or have seen, what is your favorite piece outside of your own work? See, those that's hard. Even I would have a hard time with that question because, I mean, how many pieces of artwork are out there? Hmm. I, I, that's I, a good one. I mean, I'm gonna, I would have to say probably the one that um, has been like the guiding force, you know, the inspiration in my career is probably. Frank Frazetta's Death Dealer, which is. That's a damn good piece, too. Yeah, which is this, you know, which was this album cover right here that I seen, you know, when I was eight years old. I seen this 
Frank that, was, that, was, that was that was a decent that, that album was. And I stared too. at it for days and days, and just uh, just going through the detail and how things start to get you know looser and looser as you go back in the distance. But it, it all works so well together and points your eyes where they need to go. And uh, but you know, trying to when you're nine years old and you're just transfixed on a piece like this, and you're trying to figure out why is this piece, you know. Yeah, why is it grabbing you? Why is it grabbing me so hard, you know, and making me feel all these feelings and scared and excited and, you know, whatever. Um, <laughs> it's just like, that's, I want to do that to somebody, you know, I want to mm -hmm. have, uh, have that kind of effect on people. Well, I'm sure you have. Cause I mean, you got a lot of, well, he's got a lot now. Um, if you want to go see there's several shows that Tom and I have done and uh, we've gone through a lot of his stuff. So, but I mean, you just go to his website and just cruise through it. Well, no, that way, if you want to buy something, yeah. you're on the website, you know, and, and you can just pick out something. No, he's got a lot of this stuff. This is a side note presented in seven pieces of art for, for Hubbard, you know, yeah. over the years. So we got seven pieces. It was just some, some amazing. Well, I've, got some, I've got some of those pieces, too. Um, yeah. yeah. Yes. Well, we got the, uh, obviously, we got the original paintings. Oh, wow. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No, Michael, I'm hating on Turkey because right now I'm listening to Mission Earth, and uh, that's where their home base is out of Turkey. Yes, we're not Affion. going there. Yes, Dev, yeah, we're not we're not going there today, but that's for another show. No, because I'm right now I'm stuck on 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 book at the end of book five. I was still ready to start book six, but we'll get into that another day. Um, so I mean, so I've I've seen a lot of your stuff. I mean, I mean, how would you go about? I mean, you'd have to separate commercial from fantasy anyway. You oh, know, it's, to, it's definitely be a fantasy piece, or even maybe. I mean, because you've got a lot of good stuff, and some of it's kind of crazy looking. So I'm not, I'm not sure where you would, you would. Uh, know you know, I, I mean, crazy in a good way, people. Damn, calm down. I would say that uh, <clears throat> I love all my pieces pretty equally. I think there's some that are I like more than others, but the ones that really stand out are the pieces that get the biggest reaction from the fans, or I can tell that's made some kind of emotional yeah. connection with them. Like uh, the Phoenix Rising piece that sold over two million pieces. Not my favorite not my favorite piece it only took me eight hours to do the whole thing and uh probably my biggest selling commercial piece and uh but i love it just because i know that so many people uh, grew up with looking at it and uh, having it on their walls and uh rebuying it when it wore out just so they yeah. can keep that phoenix on the wall that makes a that, that uh you love seeing that phoenix with black lights under it man lord i think well, it's everywhere phoenix, for a long Tom time Bowman. That was beautiful. It was in his living room. You did that one painting. Your wife was the model. That was just, that was gorgeous. Mm -hmm. You did a painting for Tom Bowman. Oh, right. Yeah, I know, I know the one Valkyrie. Uh, yeah. Was, was the piece. And, yeah, uh, she made a great Valkyrie, too. Yeah. Yeah, that wasn't, that wasn't her. <laughs> oh, well. Wait, 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 wait. Oh, was it wait, your daughter? I, I might be kidding. Was it your yeah. daughter? No, she's, Emily was way too young to do that. It was yeah. just a. Uh, it was just a model, well, you know, yeah. like uh, Echo oh, uses models, stuff okay. like that. No, she was. No, uh, okay, thought, oh, well. As a little, well, no, he uses his wife for a model. That's why I thought that too. But, mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. but yeah, not for that piece for sure. But uh, it's definitely anyway. too ugly to be a model. Just, just don't even. You could be like the scary girl model. That's what you can be. <laughs> I'm sorry. I know what you're talking about. Like. Oh, I'm talking to a friend of mine that's giving us trouble. She said something about she could be Tom's most hottest model. And I was thinking, oh, yeah, God. the scariest model. <laughs> You'd be scared of poor man. Oh Lord have mercy. People, English, English in the chat room, not German. Let's go with English. I don't need to be translating. Um 
Kita Swadago. I have no idea. You, you, you in German? I have no idea what that that means. Translate, please. Uh, Jimmy, what you got? How old is he? he's like twenty five or something? No, really, I think he's thirty nine. I did talk how old you are, Tom. Oh, really? Is that the yeah. guess? Thirty nine. Thirty nine. Yeah, I'm going with. I, I think he's thirty nine too. I mean, look, he looks good, man. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The girls, y'all can just forget it. So y'all just be, y'all are just being complimentary because he's hot. You just get out of it with these stupid questions. Oh my god! Yeah, um, thirty nine. Yes, I, I like thirty nine. Works for me. Uh, no, not me, guys. He's thirty nine. I'm like a hundred and thirty nine. It's uh, yes. You know, when you get old, you get old. That's just how it is. You mean? Oh, so you want to know? All right, I'll ask him. Hold on. So Janelle wants to know. Out of all the classic artists, who's your favorite? Now you mean classic like a thousand years or six hundred years or more, right? Or oh, five hundred years. Michelangelo. So is, see, is he's the man. Well, see, he answered you right off the bat. Well, I know. I, well, I like Michelangelo's work too. I like uh, Leonardo. I, I like you, uh, and, uh, you know, um, I like uh, Monet. Yeah, I got a little confused with Van Gogh. I mean, not Van Gogh. Van Gogh's work is okay. Van Gogh's good. It just it doesn't grab me like like Monet stuff. Right? You know, and it's weird because when I first seen it, I was thinking, wow, he does have a great command of color. Which, by the way, I'm not an artist of any kind. But there was something um, the pictures didn't Salvador Dali. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Who who? What are you talking about? No, you're talking about the Picasso. No, I hated Picasso. I'm sorry, guys. I'm just not a Picasso fan. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Come on, it's not even art. It's like some bookshop style. Yeah, it doesn't really lend itself to what fantasy artists, you know, are into. Picasso is just he's he's out there. It's gorgeous stuff. I love it, but um, it's so far away from what we do. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't sell in. So, who's y'all's favorites? Y'all got any favorites? He's not even an artist, Goofus. He was a <laughs> no. Well, he was an artist, but he wasn't that kind of artist. He was an artist that he wrote stuff. Yes, think about think about who he is. Think about all the plays he has to his credits, and then you'll realize what I'm talking about. Yes, thank you very much. Um, what's that, Carolyn? No, not Carolyn. Where are you from? My Melania, Melania, is that how you say that? Where are you from? Well, I just want to make sure you wasn't Mrs. Trump or something. You know, I was going to be like, "All hail to the first lady." Switzerland. Oh well, hello Switzerland. I bet you it's cold over there. <laughs> what do you got for us? Can you buy Tom Woods art? Well, I, I would say yes. He he can answer yeah. for himself, but yes, it's on his website. No, just go look and, and it's there. It's, it's all priced out and ready to go. It's, it's kind of really it's right there at the bottom of the screen right now. TomWoodFantasyArt.com. Right. And you can order any of those pieces on like Chiclay prints or stretch canvases, like 40 by 50 canvases if you want to, um, that uh, I'll ship out to you. So it's, um, and it's available on, you know, woven blankets and all kinds of stuff that's, uh, uh, that uh, I usually take to these different shows. And, and so, um, Marilyn's from Los Angeles. She wants to know what is your favorite venue. You, you, you're thought no, you just the wrong word, but I know what you mean. She wants to know what it is that you like best. You like to use, um, you like to draw by hand. You like to use one of the programs. Do you like to paint? Um, um, that's that's a great question because the um, I like to draw by hand just because all the creative part of it 
uh, figuring out what the whole thing's going to look like and be laid out. Like that's all, that's all done on paper. And that's all, and that's the, how I grew up doing it. That's how I still love to do it. All the, the magic happens on the paper. Once you get that done and you still, and you've, you've already created that visual in your head. Uh, so that job is done. Now you just have to get good at the mechanics of putting that on canvas or on paper or on digital. Uh, how do you develop those techniques that makes it look like it is in your brain? And even though you have it pretty much cemented what that look is going to be in your brain, as you, as you're drawing it, you know, not only in sketch form, but even in finals, whether it's uh, through oils, acrylics, or digital, um, things continue to pop up that make you, you know, gives you new ideas and the thing just evolves. It just has a, a, a life of its own and it takes its own sh uh, shapes and directions. And uh, so you really never know exactly what you're going to get until it's done. Uh, and, uh, but usually when it's there, I know it, you know, I know to not overwork a piece once it, once it's hit that spot, I'm done, you know, and I'll, I'll never go back and mess with it again. That's you see, know. that's important to know that because some people just can't help themselves. They got to go fiddle with it. I've watched authors and illustrators do that. Oh, it's just not right. No, leave it alone. It's there. Stop. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> so, um, what's that Kimberly? I personally like oils. I don't know why I, something about oils is just rustic to me. It's just, maybe it was what I grew up with. Um, well, no, I'm all fine with prints and stuff like that, but I, I just I really just, I don't know. I just like oils. I've got a couple of Larry Harris's originally oils. He did some Mardi Gras posters and uh, he did the, the uh, collection of the angel and the, and Satan and the angel or the devil and the angel. He did some really good pieces. So and I got lucked up and picked, I like originals. And even if posters, I prefer signed posters. I, I, just, I don't know. I like collectibles. It's one of them things. Well, that's like that album cover he had in his hand. That's a collectible. That's not, that's why you see it's in great shape. That's a collectible cover. Well, Frank Frechetta's past and, and Molly Hatchet, I don't want to say they're a thing of the past, but you know, every now and then I hear something about one of the members, but I haven't heard anything. Well, no, I grew up with Molly Hatchet. So it's a little different for me. Uh, and yes, no, we didn't play Enter the Sandman tonight. So bite me. <laughs> it's uh no for some, every now and then uh, on the news show i play enter the sandman a lot but uh it, it usually is played at least once a night i don't think i've ever played on this song it doesn't seem conducive for this this particular show uh maria 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 where are you from maria west west london i thought you said west england i'm sorry i, mis I misunderstood what you, you well you kind of had a jumbled up text going on there a little bit uh, so what do you got for us? You, what do you mean? Does he? Oh, okay. Well, I'll ask. So she's just asking, have you ever just traveled around the country or traveled around the world? Maybe just to do uh, some like little art symposiums just to help out the everyday person. He does have a right to the future. Anyway, go ahead. Tom, I'm sorry. Uh, not around the country. I mean, I've done it locally. Uh, everywhere that I've ever worked at, I've taken days to go to local schools or uh, art classes in high school and even uh, some uh, colleges and uh, talk to the students there and work with them on occasion. But uh, as far as just taking off from work to go tour the country, giving away free, you know, um, advice, I've never done that just because I'm, my schedule busy. stays busy. It stays busy. And I'm just, I would be irresponsible. If I was, if I just took six months off to go, yeah, he's, he's, he's too maybe busy in the future, that. you know, I would say 
you know, Larry could do something like that. He's, um, he could and do Larry something. might, I mean, you yeah, know, he's got the time now like that. and uh, I might do something like that in the future. I, I would pay money to hear Larry at a, at a, at a but, lecture. He's uh, like I said, I've, I've done, uh, even like my local school here at their high school where my, my daughter, Emily went, uh, I work with their art department on a regular basis. I go judge their art competitions they have every year. That's got to be great. <laughs> and work with their students on occasion. And Emily was my biggest, my favorite student, if you will, because <laughs> I went in there and worked with her several times. And then even when she got out of school, uh, even if I was contracted at a company, I would make sure to hire her as an intern so she could work alongside me so she could learn Illustrator and Photoshop and develop her illustration skills. And now, you know, look at her. She's uh, she's a senior this year. She'll be graduating soon. She's already an art director and an ad agency. She's not even graduated yet just because she got in early. She worked hard. Uh, I was her uh, biggest inspiration and I was her biggest competition because her goal was she's fearless. She, her goal is to be better than me. And I'm sure she yeah. will be at some point. Yeah. So that's what's got her where she is now. She's got uh, she's got a hell of an attitude and uh, no quit. And, uh, be arrogant, him, and uh, I think it's going to take her a long ways. So anyway. Yeah, that's that's a good thing. Look, any, any kids that grow up and, and actually somebody said the other day, it's not good when they compete with their parents. No, it is good. The kids need to, you know, we're their first bounce back. We're, 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 we're the first thing they get to bounce off of, I guess is the best way of saying it. So, and we're kind of safe. You know, we're not going to be, oh, we might give them a little trouble, but we're not, we're kind of safe. No, it's kids, kids need to compete. Kids need to. The world is competition, unfortunately. It's not the kind of world that you can just go out and sit on your ass. You're not going to make it. Right. I mean, unless you got rich parents. Like, you know, John's got, he's got, you know, he's rich. He can do whatever he wants. But the rest of us poor people got to work. Uh, no, I'm teasing. I just like giving John trouble. He knows I like him trouble. No, he don't have to worry about me. He's got a boss lady keeps his ass in line. <laughs> we ain't got to worry about that. Oh, no. I, I, I know the other half. She keeps it in line. We ain't got to worry about it. Um, what was that, Wesley? And where first off, where are you from, Wesley? Dade County, Florida. So you're outside of Miami. So what 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 do you what do you have for Mr. Woods? What do you got? Well, no, that's the so no, okay. He does the float, and um, I'll get him to tell you when it is in just a second. But what you're asking for, we just talked about, it's just you gotta have to wait till he retires, and then maybe he'll set up lectures or something like that, do a little lecture circuit or something, but the man, I know the man, he's busy. He, he just doesn't stop and, and, and trying to do any type of, I know, I know trying, just trying to do lectures like that would be insane. No, I can do it because it's different. I do media. So I'm already traveling because of media. So when I'm in a location, I can, I'll stop and do a lecture. Now, usually if I know I'm going to be somewhere, then usually I'll have someone set one up ahead of time. And, um, and that way I can do it while I'm there and do it. But it, it's, it's hard when you, when you, when you're, when you're just busy all the time, it's hard to do anything. I mean, you, you got you got responsibilities you got to take care of. And he's successful, and he has contracts, and he has other things he's doing, and he's, he works with a lot of different directions. So, yeah, send him money, then he can retire. Yeah, yeah. If you guys want to pay me, you know, fifty thousand dollars to show up and do a seminar or something. Where, where, where was that girl said she wanted to be my sugar mom the other night? There you go. <laughs> so not, I'll have to tell you that story off the air. But oh, you got a sugar mama lined up. Oh, man. No, this was hilarious. She'll love this. This was too funny. Yeah. And uh, she wrote to me, she said, I'm going to be your sugar mama. I said, you know, I, I'm probably old enough to be your grandpa, right? <laughs> you can be my sugar mama. <laughs> just, anyway, we're not going to go there on this show. Mm. Who's, who's, oh, okay. So 
He said, um, I have no idea how you pronounce that name. It looks like LA, no way, girl. What is that? Like Contra? It kind of looks like the Contra effect, but with LA in front of it. Anyway, <laughs> she wants, she wants to know, and, and by the way, she's from Seattle, Washington. She wants to know if, if you had to pick an oil painting to put in your house, not one of yours, but somebody's just off the wall, off the blue, uh, what oil painting, who would be the artist and what painting would it be? Oh, my yeah. gosh. Y'all are tough tonight, man. What is with oh. these? Uh, mm. No, it's you know, not. I'm probably, uh, if I had to pick, it would probably be one of Larry Elmore's original pieces that he did for Dungeons and Dragons. Mm, that'd be a just good because piece. I know Larry. I'm great friends with him. Uh, and I know that he doesn't like to let go of it. And I would, it would mean a lot more if I was able to take it away from him. <laughs> <laughs> Larry, if you listen, I had nothing to do with that, man. <laughs> that was good. Um, yeah, uh, uh, no, Larry is like, he's a great friend of mine and a huge Larry's inspiration in my career. And, um, you know, having the pieces that he did for, um, for D and D and, um, like the, uh, cover that he did for, um, the, the um, not the dungeon master's guide, but the uh, the, the player's handbook uh, with the red dragons and stuff like that was just crazy. And uh, you know, I looked at it when I was looking at that when I was 10 years old or 12 years old. And uh, even though I didn't play DD, I read through all the books, no, looked at all the sketches and pictures of it. Uh, it was a huge inspiration. And uh, to finally get to meet and work with Larry and uh, be able to you know kick back and have a beer and have a conversation with this man. Uh, 30 years later is um, means more than you can know. So having a piece of his original words on my wall would probably uh, mean more to me than anything. Yeah. Well, that would be a great piece. To have. I was matter of fact, I was messing with him last time we seen him in LA. I was getting, he was showing me this oil uh, that we had presented on the show when he was on last time. I was like, you should give me that. Larry. <laughs> he started laughing. <laughs> and he goes, sure. Joe. I'm like, no, really Larry. I said, you know, man, come on. You know, I love you. He said, yeah, yeah. I love you that much. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, Larry's a great y'all. Y'all go back and listen to the archives. Uh, Cheese House says, "How much for Tom to be in my living room?" I said, "I, I guess it would depend on what you want him in the living room for." Cheese House, Cheese House, yeah, Cheese House. During the chat, in this chat with us, you can you can see it's off to the right. It's uh, of the screen. It says, and then he says, uh, "Where's the real chat? The real chat? You're in the real chat? Oh, you're looking for the the messenger? No, messenger." Messenger is just, I have 5,000 friends on Messenger. On all three of my messengers, I have 15,000 friends. And they think it's funny to message me from chat. Yes, because we're not on Pal Talk anymore. So they just think it's funny to message me in chat. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I've always had a following a few hundred people that followed me around for just questions. Well, yeah, I love um, Tom too. He's great. Well, full disclosure, I know Cheese House. He's <laughs> a good friend of mine. Performed, very talented, performed at the float. Last year, and uh, just what a character, um, and a, just a great person. Probably the funniest, one of the funniest people I've ever met. And uh, that's always good. So um, I appreciate uh, I appreciate the question and the and the support. I'll uh, I'm sure I'll be seeing you in uh, <laughs> Juggalo Weekend in uh, in da not Dallas in uh, El Paso or something. I think this year. So um, uh, what's yeah. that? Thank you. What's that, Helen? Can he sing? Wait, can who sing? Can cheese sing or can Tom sing? Oh, can Tom sing? Okay, look, I didn't know you just said can he sing. 
What? <laughs> I don't know. She just said can time would sing, and I was like, "Why would that even be? That's crazy." But uh, I don't. You know, I do a wicked karaoke. I've been told. So, uh, but I'm not gonna Alan, do it. And I'm not gonna do it here. Not without some background music and maybe some, you know. Yeah, some something going on besides just acapella. Do that possibly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If we get John involved, yeah, there we go. Uh, G says at at the Alamo. Yeah, uh, at the Alamo. They do concerts at the Alamo, really? I didn't know that. Of course, I ain't been to Alamo since I was like thirteen. So, and uh, and then we got banned from the place. So. Uh, yes, uh, y'all getting we getting short on time because we got Linda look, look, end a little early. So, what y'all? I'll let y'all get a couple more questions, but that's it. So, let's do some foreigners. I know we got quite a few people in from overseas. Uh, where is uh, Martha? Where yet? Yeah, I know you're in. In Germany, and, and oh, there you are. Well, no, I, I couldn't find your question. I, I was looking for your question. Um, she wants to know. She she said she's an up and coming illustrator. She she said now wait, she's forty years old, and she just sometime about ten years ago, she realized she had a talent for art. But she also wanted to say you were right because when she was a kid, she drew all over everything. But her parents said no, go get a real job. Uh, which she did. She went and got a real job as a lawyer, which she said she always hated. And uh, she said, but if, if you had to give an up-and-coming artist, uh, somebody who's in the field and has started to actually sell, uh, what, what advice would you give them to make the next step forward? To, to get from that where I'm selling a couple pieces, but I'm not really making any real money to make that, okay, here I am, I'm making commercial money. Mm. That's well, not, you know, I think you, you have to have a platform to be able to put your work in because there's so much, so many talented artists that even come to Writers of the Future that have been doing it for a while. And um, to either with today's social media, there's no reason you can't get your artwork out there. But if you had a client that's going to put it in some kind of publications, just like um, Live Nation put it over, you know, a billion shirts when they did the ICP shirts, uh, that kind of exposure opens your work up to lots of eyes, lots of eyes that and lots of entrepreneurs that see your work and think there's some talent here. I think I can make some money off this kid. And uh, that's um, so, you know, networking exposure, putting out a good product, most of all, but uh, that's, that's just it. And there's, uh, there's a little bit of luck to it, just perseverance and just a little luck. And uh, that's what you got to do. But if you're putting out a good product, it'll eventually hit. You may put out, your favorite painting in the world ever five years before you actually make it, because there's just no one there to see it at the time. So, um, but that one piece, you know, if it gets in front of the right pair of eyes, then uh, your career can take off. It's true. It's true. People. Cause I got, I got archives. I did a long, long time ago. We'll say many, many moons ago, 25 moons ago or 25 years ago that all of a sudden out of the blue have become extremely popular. Yes. This is when I was a rookie. I was nervous on air. I was tend to be aggressive. Uh, I, I mean, come on. I got in an argument with my first guest I ever had. No, I mean, it was a bad argument, but for some reason those have become extremely popular. But the reason why is this because now I have a big enough following that people are going back and looking for prior works that I've done because they've seen all the stuff or heard all the stuff I've done in the last few years. Oh, there's lots of people. I've done per- my personal archives over 3,000, so have fun. Yes. Um, 
Martin Max House is writing in. He is from Westchester, England. This is for John, by the way. He's a, he says he's an author, and he says, is there any cheats that could get him into the contest? What do you mean by cheats? Cheats. Uh, I, I don't know. What I don't do you think mean there's by any cheats? real cheats. I mean, no. Yeah. We're going we're gonna to see your artwork, and we're, if you're cheating, or if there's some kind of cheat, we'll see it. If, the, if you want to use the, uh, this AI to try to do it, we can spot it a mile away. Um, so I would say, you know, especially when it comes with the kind of direction that you're going to get from, uh, from the staff and, and Echo, it's going to be hard to, to cheat. Yeah, so I would say if you don't think that if you feel the need that you need to cheat, you're probably not going to be at this caliber of artist that's, that's uh, in this program. Yeah, we had, a, we had somebody that just came up last. Can you hear me? Yeah, we got you good. Okay, good. We had an artist that came up um, last week, actually, who um, submitted their final art for the, because what happens is the 12 writer winners are paired up with the 12 illustrator winners. And the artists submitted their, their piece of art for the, uh, for the um, final story. And um, it looked odd. And so Echo checked it out and it turned out they were using AI. And this person was being very deceitful. And um, so they received their award money, you know, having won. And um, I won't say the person's name, but then said, well, you need to return the money. That's not fair. He says, no, I've already spent, I was, I was searching. I didn't, I didn't see the rules, you know, because we put it in the rules last year that no oh, yeah. AI art was allowed. And so it was... She was able to tell because there's there's apps you can use to be able to just search out and see if art's AI. And so she challenged them. I said, yeah, it was. And they said, well, you know, I felt badly about it. So I gave the money to my church. So I don't have it anymore. And uh, so um, <laughs> I'm qualified and we're trying to pursue separate match to um, to um, <clears throat> dispute and get the money back. But then they, we picked another winner and it's going to be in volume volume 40 but yeah if you're going to try to try to cheat um you'll be found out about and um you know that that's that totally defeats you know you, you put up a rule and say okay look at no ai then of course you're going to get some whack jobs they're going to go okay i want to see if i can game and, and beat it and um so you know the ai storytelling people try to do that and our judges can you can see the ai stories and they get disqualified immediately but it's just um a few years ago we had the the um uh, plagiarism was it became an issue and so then there's apps on google where you can see if somebody's plagiarized art and so we got those ruled out but then now the ai people trying to game it you know um yeah. it just you'll get found out and Worst case, what's going to happen if you do "quote unquote" successfully game the system, come in there, it's going to show up when you try to, when you go to the classes. Okay, here's your sketches. Here's your live, you know, your 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 live um, um, sessions. We, we have models. You come and sketch, and um, your person won't be able to sketch. You, you know, because you don't know how to, they know yeah. how to. Well, it was like what Tom was saying earlier when he was talking about drawing. When I asked him about the question, he was talking about drawing. Usually, for art, there's going to be some progression to the final product. So yeah. it should be easier. It should be easier to find. And as far as the author stuff goes, frankly, most of the books I've seen from AI, how can I say this politely? They suck. So we're not even going to worry about that as much. Well, that's how but you I, say 
But 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 in all fairness, the banner for UFO on the cover right now is AI art. It's the one Jeff Weiner made. That's when I called you that night. Man, this is funny, people. So Jeff Weiner comes to my show and starts telling me about this AI shit. I, I called John. As soon as the show was over, I said, what the bleep, bleep, bleep are we doing about this bleeping stuff? And Because, uh, guys, AI scared me a little bit when we first did it because the, the banner came out so nice that I was like, well, shit. And it cost absolutely nothing. I was kind of like, well, this could not be a good thing. And then he did the comic book. And it made the whole comic book, and I was like, "Whoa, I'm not liking this." Yeah, well, can't copyrighted. Yeah, yeah. Well, you can't. That's a problem. You can't copyright any of that stuff. No, Clara. No, I actually, I'm not kidding you. When as soon as that show ended, I called John because this was a big deal, and I wanted to know what they were doing about it. And uh, because you can't, it's not. Look, no, we changed the rules last year in the book. They're publishing no AI stories and no AI art. I, I'm not. I, see, this is the problem. I was talking with um, what's his name? Uh, uh, hey guys, I was talking with Carl the other day who runs, uh, he does, uh, he does, what's up, babe? Yeah, I'm on the air. Hold on. Yeah, I'm ready. It's, uh, it's, <laughs> this, that's how I got a house full of people. It's, um, so, you know, he runs a company down here that, that hires artists and hires writers. He's, he works for a bigger company who makes gaming. So they, they hire a lot of people. So he told me, we went to lunch a couple of weeks ago and he we sat down, this is a big interview, and I said, look, how are you addressing this? I said, you, you, I got too many friends now that are in these fields. I don't want to see them out of work because of this. He said, well, that's not how this is going to work. He said, we're going to use AI. I said, I'm not going to lie to you. So I said, not so much the storytelling, but for the artists, we're definitely, he said, but he said, I'm not getting rid of any of my artists. He said, so I'm teaching all my artists what AI is and I'm teaching them how to use it. And so they're now, they, they come up with original concept and then they let the AI do it in mass. So they don't have to do it in mass. He said that, and they're, each one is responsible for the AI art coming from them. So they're still developing the art, but for some reason they're letting AI mass produce it. I was like, and they, and he has said they do use the AI to kind of cheat sometimes to help the artist in the development process. Hmm. He said, but he's not getting rid of his artists. He said, because they're too important because it's, it's not so much. It, he said, it's the, um, the, um, what's, what, where am I looking for? The imagination. He said, the AI just does not, truly have true imagination yet he said still he said yeah you can tell it what you want and, and he said but it misses out on some of the finer details like if you go look at the banner i got it's a really good banner but if someone had drawn this by hand and then did it themselves there would be more detail in this piece of art than what you got with the ai so and, you're always getting people that like music you know yeah. it's not music so it's, it's that it's the very cheap low level stuff and that's what you're gonna, that's what you're going to get right now with ai and ai storytelling Tom, what's what's your view on on AI stuff? I mean, my, I'm very much. No, I play with AI, and uh, you know, I belong to like Tate Licensing is is my art agent. He deals with he's Frazetta's uh, estates agent and Echo's agent, um, and um, but the people that I go to these shows with that we usually do in Vegas, they uh, they introduced me to uh, AI last year and what its capabilities were, and I've even used it. To, for like the generative fills and stuff like that. But when you come up, if you read a story and you, you know, like every, every one of us, we form these images in our brain based on dozens of pages and chapters that we've read over this character. And there's no way within 10 words that you're going to type that in and come close to the picture that's in you, that your brain is no. concocted. No way. I agree. I agree. Um, so, uh, you know, let them, try with the ai and that's fine but uh as far as something that's truly organic and 
built over um, not five seconds as it generates the picture, but over hours of learning what this character looks like based on the author's illustra- or descriptions and subtleties. Um, that's only something that could be done in the human brain right now. Um, and I agree that different creature creations like we've seen uh, in the movies and stuff, that's all got to come out of someone's brain. Um, so. And, and, and unfortunately for the AI, I noticed the more it learns, the stupider it gets. Um, I don't know what's, what's going on with that lately. Uh, y'all can use it for whatever you want. And like I said, it, it did make one of our banners. It's the only banner on the network though. That's ever been generated by AI. Because uh, I'm, I'm kind of anti-AI. <laughs> uh, if, if, as long as it doesn't cost anybody a job, I'm fine with it. I just, uh, like I said, I got too many friends in the fields now. I don't want to see it costing them work. So far, all the people I've talked to that are in positions to hire artists are going to keep their artist staff. Uh, they're going to incorporate AI in, AI in different places. And like <clears throat> Tom said just a few minutes ago, or John said a few minutes ago, AI is not copyrightable. You can't copyright it. You don't own it. So if you make a piece of art that goes freaking viral and somebody else decides they want to sell it, you're just out of luck. They can sell it. Yeah, that's unfortunately that's the game right now. So, well, there's companies that want to develop their own AI so they can they can copyright it. But even the Fed said even if you develop your own AI, we're still not going to let you copyright it. Eventually, somebody will grease Congress enough that somebody will get a copyright. But right now, it's not copyrightable. Neither, neither one is copyrightable. Not the not the art, not the writing or the artwork. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and that's a good thing for artists because man, look, that could be a dangerous little toy. It's true. You know, who wants to, who wants to lose money to a freaking computer? No, I know. Uh, one more question and we're going to get out of here. Um, let's, let's take somebody, you know what? I know Johnny Wright is down there in Sydney. Johnny, how you doing in Sydney, baby? How you liking it down there? Uh, you're wishing your buddy Chris would come home. <laughs> no, I'm never coming to Australia. No, Jim Sparks tries to give you come down. All he wants me to come speak. He's always sending me, yeah, I'll pay for the whole thing. I ain't going to Australia. No, you Aussies are too much like me. I get in trouble for sure. <laughs> I might not make it back to the U.S. Anyway, what 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 question do you have? Oh well, no, this ain't. Even, so he wants to know how many head of cattle you got. He don't even care about the artwork. <laughs> wow. He, yeah. said, he says he raises cows. Is. I know. He said, "Well, I raise cows. How many heads of cattle you got? What kind of cows you got? What you got?" You got black Angus with a couple white face black Angus. Okay, well they're yeah, okay. Yeah, face cows. Yeah, well, yeah. I love black Angus. Uh, yeah, and uh, good. But, uh, we've got you know of my herd, which is red Brangus. It's uh, five eighths Angus and uh, three eighths Brahma, which is does good in the rocky terrain around here. Um, also, they're they uh, take the heat a lot better. And if you're in Texas, it's hot on the cows and it's, yeah. uh, it's hard on, they do well, much better, especially Angus do better in wet conditions and cold than they do in heat. So uh, that's what the red Brangus is. They, it allows them to thrive and more of a rocky terrain. Like good looking cow time. too. How many and do you have Tom? I have a uh, 130. That, Just mama cows. I mean, that yeah. could grow to, you know, 165, 175, depending on the, the calving season, which yeah. lasts a month and a half, two months. Because they're all bred at the same time, and they so we have calf crops in the spring and in the fall. Uh, oh. So not in the heat of the summer, and not in January when it's you know when it's really cold. So uh, we control the breeding period. So we have our sire. We have like five or six sire bulls that go out 
and we put them to work to make sure, you know, everything gets serviced. Everybody's job getting taken in June. And uh, so they uh, have their babies in, uh, in March where it's when it's getting a nicer and there's lots of green grass. So, uh, yeah, Red Brangus, that's that's our babies. Uh, so if you oh. want to go see the farm, you could go to uh, Woods Dye. Not that anybody wants to do this, but maybe this one person may. If you would go to Woods Dye Branch, uh, D-Y-E, uh, branch.com, you can see you can see the farm. You can see the cows. You oh, see there you go. Yeah, he probably would tires, like uh, Calves for sale. All, all kinds of good stuff. And lots of pictures, a big gallery of the farm itself. And, and uh, There you go. See, you'd be right up. Stephen, what, what are you talking about? Oh, Oh, you well, you're doing a limousine, Angus. That's 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 a whole different cow. And and how many of those do you actually have? Fifteen, yeah. See, that's a whole different cow. That's that's a lot of money, man. I mean, that's not yeah, them limousine cows ain't exactly cheap. Well, no cow's cheap, man. I mean, I think right now the cheapest cheapest thing in the market is probably around three thousand dollars a cow. And uh no, you'd be surprised what you what what cows are worth you know yeah. i'm kidding, not kidding you man you'd be surprised they're going for around two bucks a pound these yeah. days um so and, and more for if it's you know like a young steer or something like that it'll go for better but the limousine is it's a big animal you know they're big yeah, it's like they're a dark gorgeous dark red color slick i mean limousine are, are uh one of my favorite breeds yeah they're they're a monster cow man yeah they're big yeah, well, no, they're expensive, and and I mean, if you can look, I, I'm more power to you if you can raise them because you can make a living on those. You can make a living on any good herd as long as you got a good herd, and uh, and and you like Tom was talking about the breeding. That's always important. Now I got a couple of uncles. They, they don't they don't do like they used to. They used to have huge herds. Now I think they're down to four or five hundred cows, but it's uh, and they're shrinking it as they go. Well, they've been selling off their land. See, they had 20-something, I think it was 2,650 acres. And some of that was actually bog and marsh, but they've been selling it off. And, uh, well, like Holiday Inn came in and bought 50 acres from them for like $6 million. They were like, yeah, we'll sell you that, no problem. <laughs> it's just like a hunk of rock somewhere. So anyway, they've just been slowly, but the family sells off. And every time somebody dies, it, it gets diversified So instead of keeping it together. Yeah, and eventually, I think when the old man passes, the herd will get split up, you know, and land will get split up and that's how that'll be one last question i keep saying last question one that where are you from anyway brazil mm. where brazil i can't even pronounce that I, i've never even heard of that brazil where the hell is that i thought you said belize at first yeah that's what i thought you said brazil uh, you mean south america brazil yeah, yeah brazil and south america so uh what 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 question do you have for time <laughs> That's a dumb question. Ask me a real question. How do you win the contest? I'll, I'll, he's going to tell you the same thing I am. Be a damn good artist and you can win. That's, there's, there's no shortcuts. I keep telling people that when I get I got asked at the lecture just recently, if there's shortcuts, there is no shortcuts. The easiest way to be able to have a chance to win the contest is you have to first enter the contest. Right, enter the contest. That's if you don't enter, you, you guarantee not that you'll yes. guarantee never win. But if you have to enter, then enter again. And once you get to a certain level, uh, Echo will start giving you critiques and you'll start getting that. And then once you get to the, the higher level, then that's how you win. You just persist. Right. Is it future.com people? Right. Is it future.com? And if you want to buy something, galaxypress.com. Yes. Uh, what is that? Who? Oh, no. Yeah. No. Okay. From Mexico City. I haven't seen you in a while. Huskus. Is that how you say it? Huskus. I haven't seen you in a while. Where you been? 
Yeah, no, Mexico City's great, man. What you, what you, what's happening down there? Oh, you want to invite Tom down for the what? Y'all got a book? Oh, so y'all got a um, book festival, a book and artist festival. Well, you know what? His email is online, or you can catch it from his on there and email a man and ask him. Um, I don't know about Mexico City right now. It's it's not really dangerous, but I've been there a couple of times. Yeah, I went to go see the big massive city, you know, behind it, uh, the uh, Toltec City. Yes, yeah, I've, been book, I've been to book shows in Mexico City, and then we just finished attending Guadalajara Book Fair. Oh, uh, that! So you wanted to come down and 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 wait, wait, what? Oh, and and paint the the, the other city in oil. You have to pay him for that. That's a commission, man. And I don't think he's just going to come down there for cheap. I mean, Mexico City's way down there, and that would be a massive painting. I mean, that's a massive city. It's not like it's one little temple or something. I mean, that thing is huge. What's what's the commission? What do they want me to paint? So. But there's a city. It's a, I can't remember the name of it right now. It's a, a Toltec city. It's 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 it used to be, I guess, the old Mexico City before the Toltecs had it. Hmm. It's a massive city that was abandoned, just left there, and uh, there's a bunch of temples. There's a pyramid. There's all kind of stuff there, and um, it's it's a great place to go. You know, exploring it because it's really kind of weird. But painting it, yeah. You want wait? Yeah, you, you tell you what. Get his email. Email the man and find out if you're going to fly him down, set him up in Mexico City. He's going to want some money to paint this, especially if he's doing it in oil. It ain't going to be cheap. <laughs> I'm just look. No, I'm not his agent, but I'm just telling you, it ain't going to be cheap. And don't even if you're going to be a cheap ass, don't even bother contacting. You'll embarrass me. Don't do that. <laughs> no, I'm serious. Don't. I mean, the the man, look. Nobody does nothing for free anymore. And I think it would be, a, and I think he would do a great job on it. I think it would be a great picture, and I think he'd do a great job. But anyway, we got to go right to the man. You want him to come down there, you know? I'd say fifty G's to start would be a good bidding price. Yeah, uh, you sure what I said to start? <laughs> <laughs> yes. No, I'm just that's just to get his maybe maybe look at you. I don't think you're gonna get it for that. No, I think you have to pay more. But uh, he might actually look at you. <laughs> 50s, eh, you know, uh, <laughs> I'll think about it. No, look, before we go, and this is true for all artists, including myself, don't be insulting when you write to somebody, okay? you When you look at jobs like these, you know these are serious jobs. There's a serious commission. You know, it's like when somebody asked me to come down and set up a lecture or set up a conference. No, I'm not coming down there for $500 and do it. Yeah, it's going to cost you 25 Gs at least. Um yeah, I mean, because it's it's a pain in the ass, and it's a lot of my time, and 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 in the long run, I'm not really getting anything out of it but the money. So it's in the same thing. Uh, yeah, write to him. He, he may you might get lucky. Uh, I don't know. You write to the man, and he'll tell you. <laughs> tell him what you want. I tell you what, when you write the letter, write it in detail, so he's at least got an idea. Take some pictures or something. Yeah, shoot some pictures. No, I'm not an artist. I'm just trying to help you out. It's all I'm trying to do. <laughs> anyway, we want to be able to wish everybody a happy, yes, Merry happy, happy Christmas and happy New Year. Yes, we get we got to go, guys and girls. No, thanks. No, thanks for having me on, guys. It's been a it's been a pleasure as usual. I can't wait to see you guys again. No, I can't Arthur wait. Again. Either, Tom. Yeah. So anyway, ladies and gentlemen, thank everyone for hanging out with Arthur's Quill and hanging out with Tom and John. And I hope everyone has a great holiday. Okay, a great Christmas, a great Kwanzaa. Yeah, great. Whatever you happen to celebrate, I don't, I don't, I don't personally care what it is you're celebrating. I'm celebrating Christmas because you know my family's Christmas. 
no, it's not because I'm Christian, but it's it's, it's Christmas. Uh, I, my Jewish friends, I hope they're enjoying that at Hanukkah. But anyway, guys, really and truly, have a great holiday. Have a safe holiday. Have a fun holiday. See y'all after the new year. And, you know, remember, be nice. Be friendly. Hug somebody. Good night, everybody. Bye-bye. Thank you very much.